uh, I remember back in like seventh grade, I wanted to order an Xbox. So as you do, I uh, logged on to Amazon and searched for an Xbox, Xbox 360 to be precise. Uh, and uh, I searched up multiple, uh, you know, these products which list- listed were listed out. And I remember when I came back the next day on the website to finally make the purchase, there were a bunch of things which were already like recommended to me. And they were all like related to what I had searched for. And that was uh, like the Xbox console. And I was shown multiple, you know, uh, things related to it, which is like controllers, or game CDs. And obviously at that moment, I didn't really pay much attention to this, you know, try to understand, okay, why did this happen? Uh, but now that I have some sort of knowledge about machine learning, I actually realized that that was an item-item based uh, machine uh, recommender system which was implemented by Amazon. And in fact, Amazon was one of the first few companies to recommend this at scale. And so, yeah, that was my uh, first, uh, you know, sort of experience with uh, an ML-based tech. Welcome to the sixth episode of After Hours, a podcast show by DSCVIT, where a bunch of community members come together and discuss about tech in a practical and fun manner, and occasionally make controversial statements like HTML is not a programming language. Joining me today are some of the members of our club. Uh, we have Chanakya, who is an ML researcher. We have Yajat, who is an app and ML dev. We have Vishesh, who is again an ML dev, and I'm... And I'm Yuvraj, and I'll be your host for the evening. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, I would like to start off the discussion by asking a question to each one of you. And uh, that is, how did you start with your ML journey and how is it going so far? So we'll start with Chanakya. Yep. So my machine learning journey started like one and a half years back. So what inspired me was an event conducted by a club in VIT. Uh, The event name was Let's Jarvis. So uh, just for the audience to know that this this program was uh, was a part of Gravitas, which is uh, which is a techno cultural event conducted by VIT annually and different clubs organize different programs for uh, students to learn different things so similarly there was an event called let's jarvis so at that point of time i attended that event and to be honest i was there just for the certificate but uh, (laughs) so but uh, i i didn't know that at the end of the day at the end of that workshop i would be inspired by uh, i would be inspired to get started with machine learning so i didn't understand Mm -hmm. a lot by when I attended that event but I wanted to know that how exactly the things are functioning like uh, you say something it says something back so that's what inspired me to get started with and after that uh, I did a couple of courses on uh, Udemy and Coursera and after Mm -hmm. that build a few projects and I can say that the journey is going great till now. That's great. Uh, you know, interesting enough, even uh, I had attended one of these events in uh, Gravitas and uh, I remember this was a, a workshop which was like conducted overnight. So like we had to spend the entire night uh, attending this workshop and you know, this was over the weekend. So we were kind of uh, really reluctant to attend it because we might as well uh, prefer, you know, watching a movie chill in the weekend. But anyway, we ended up uh, going through the entire workshop and actually what... Uh, really gave me a confidence boost of sort is that uh, we there was actually a mini hack which was conducted at the end of the workshop and we actually ended up winning that and uh, that really gave me a sense of excitement in terms of you know exploring uh, more about uh, machine learning and understanding their concepts and uh, as you mentioned you know, I also like took up these uh, courses and you know we'll also like further discuss during the podcast of how to get started 
and uh, I'd like to move on to uh, Yajat now. If you could share your journey and how's it been so far? Yeah, so my ML journey started when I joined VIT, which was almost a year back now. And unlike you guys, my college was online due to the pandemic. And yeah, and and because of that, what happened was I could not meet any of my friends and had very less interaction with them, which gave me a lot of free time. So one day I got to know that uh, Coursera was giving a lot of free courses. So like a normal, you know, university student, I went to Coursera. Bun, I hoarded a bunch of courses on machine learning, deep learning, and and especially right. the one by Andrew Ng. And not gonna lie, those courses were, yeah, th- those courses were like really helpful to, uh, you know, get me interested in this field. Then after that, um, I joined Kaggle, and then made a lot of notebooks over there. Experimented with a bunch of ML libraries, looked at people's work, and yes, I'm now I'm here. I'm a Kaggle notebook expert now. Well, congrats on that, first of all. And I mean, yeah, that's it's a great. Uh... Joni, I believe so far you've had, and uh, more laurels to you. And uh, we'll move on to Vishesh now. Vishesh, uh, you could uh, share your journey and how's it going? Yeah, so my ML journey started in class twelfth uh, with making a simple Telegram chatbot using Dialogflow. So, for the audience who doesn't know what Dialogflow is, Dialogflow is a natural la- language understanding platform by Google to make conversational chatbots. And I named it Andy. So my okay. journey is going quite smooth, and I've come a long way after that. So after right. joining college, I took a few courses from Coursera and ML, like mm-hmm. Azure did, and then I started making a lot of Kaggle notebooks, and naturally I proceeded to projects. Great, great. Uh, you know we've uh, spoken a little about how our journey has been so far, and uh, You know how we got started with it, but I'd like to take a step back and discuss a little about, uh, you know, what actually maybe must have inspired us down the line. Because what I want to know is what was your first interaction with something that had, you know, an ML-based technology technology associated with it in some form or other. So I'll go first. Uh, I remember back in like seventh grade, I wanted to order an Xbox. So as you do, I. Uh, logged on to Amazon and searched for an Xbox, Xbox 360 to be precise. Uh, and uh, I searched up multiple, uh, you know, these products which list- listed were listed out. And I remember when I came back the next day on the website to finally make the purchase, there were a bunch of things which were already like recommended to me, and they were all like uh, related to what I had searched for and that was uh, like the Xbox console and I was shown multiple you know uh, things related to it which is like controllers or game CDs mostly at that moment I didn't really pay much attention to this you know try to understand okay why did this happen uh, but now that I have some sort of knowledge about machine learning I actually realized that that was an item item based uh, machine learn, uh, recommender system which was implemented by amazon and in fact amazon was one of the first few companies to recommend this at scale and so yeah that was my uh, first uh, you know sort of experience with uh, an ml based tech so i would like to know from any one of you who had if you had a similar experience or a different one yeah yeah my, so my ml yeah, journey go on mushir yeah yeah sorry so my ml journey uh, the first product which i ever interacted was apple's uh, voice assistant siri so i was quite okay. mesmerized with it it was back in 2012 where when iphones and just launched and they were quite the hype since yeah. they were one of the best uh, smartphones at that point of time so i didn't right. know what was under the hood and being a kid very small i used to play with it and occasionally go like what did the fox say and get a hilarious response out of it great and i was inspired by uh, javis from iron man and i wanted oh, to build it at some given point of time so wow. that's how really the first yeah yeah oh, nice. so that was the first interaction i had with any ml based technology mm-hmm. yeah interesting how about you chanakya you were oh, i guess trying yeah. to say something yeah so yeah 
my first interaction with uh, machine learning was uh, my first interaction with uh, let's say uh, the google home and alexa so at that point of time if you say if you tell alexa to do to play this song or do something for uh, uh, me then it will exactly do that and follow the command and and to be mm-hmm. honest at that point of time it was just like uh, jadoo for me because uh, I mean, right. it was something out of the world, right? Being a kid and mm-hmm. seeing all these things functioning just uh, made yeah. me wonder the power of technology at that point of time. Even though I did not know what ex- how exactly are the things operating. So, but mm-hmm. uh, but after that, uh, when I explored ML a bit and uh, I know how I can I can imagine how the things are functioning. So I would also like to tell the audience that uh, when you see a true a real life example of something that is working in front of you try to imagine that what's happening behind the scenes because uh, right. you, you will end up learning a lot when you can see the things from the ob- from the programmer's point of view who programmed that particular thing so uh, mm-hmm. that way your imagination will increase as well as your technical skills yeah uh, there are some great points you mentioned and uh, you know there's something you mentioned uh, fine enough that you called ml as something as some sort of jadu and you know i would like to uh, elaborate a little on that and i feel like a lot of people even now they feel that ml is some sort of you know black box magic where you just input some data and you get results or some sort you know predictions or like classify uh, the data set into various you know different types of uh, classes or whatever and uh, obviously this gap have knowledge has been closed in the past uh, few years and uh, but like what uh, this is really interesting what you mentioned a lot of people actually think so and uh, that's not it's ml i believe this might just be a little controversial but whatever I, ml is just glorified maths in my opinion there there's a lot of great concepts of calculus and linear, linear algebra involved and of course we'll also talk about uh, you know going in depth and learning these ml concepts later to uh, during the podcast and uh, we'll also like tell you, you know how to get started with your journey and that is in fact uh, leading on to our next question which is uh, you know what was i would like to know some of the interesting projects you guys have worked on and which you know uh, used machine learning in some form or other and uh, it would be great if you could maybe discuss about a project which was inspired by a real life use case and uh, so we'll start with chanakya i guess you could take this up first yep sure uh, so uh, before we move, move on and talk about projects one thing that i would like to tell the audience is that uh, like you rajin mentioned right the uh, uh, many people believe that machine learning is just a black box that uh, takes certain inputs and gives certain predictions. But uh, a true ML engineer is one which who actually knows the concept, what's happening behind. Um, let me give you an example that what will happen if you are not aware of the concepts which are uh, happening, which are applied behind the scenes. So let's say you have trained a model and you got let's say 90% accuracy. Uh, and right you want to improve the accuracy from let's say 90% to 95% uh, mm-hmm. true this journey from 90 to 95 will only be can only be done by a true machine learning engineer who knows what's ha- uh, happening behind the scenes like what are the different Definitely. what are the different hyperparameters that you need to set and how the model will function right. why the model is failing like how what what is the what are the different wrong predictions which are given, returned by the model so uh, right. that's where the true knowledge can help you. Uh, and I believe yeah. that projects are also one of the ways that can help you learn the learn these behind the scenes concepts. Uh, so I will give you an example where I learned a lot from uh, by building a project. So and it was inspired by a real life scenario as well. So uh, you must have in the past few months, we have given a lot of exams like uh, cats or fads where we and for those exams we have t- taken a lot of printouts right so I don't remind what that means <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so um there were certain times where i had to underline certain important text for uh, in a particular page and 
I wanted those right. those underlined sentences in the digital format. So, uh, right. let's say I underline two or three sentences on a page, and I would like to let's say revise it or uh, uh, have a look again on my phone instead of looking at mm-hmm. the paper. So, I searched across the internet. There was nothing like this which was available. So, what I did, I built an algorithm which could enable the user, uh, which. so a user will upload a photo and mm-hmm. with 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 certain lines and uh, with certain lines underlined and after that uh, the algo will detect the positions of the underlined sentences and once right. we have the position of those underlined sentences we will pass it to the ocr or optical corrector uh, recognition so once the optical ca- uh, corrector recognition uh, returns the sentences it will be stored as a note in your phone so Uh, this app is called as DigiNotes, and it will be releasing this week. Do look out for that. Yeah, that really sounds interesting, man. And I'm sure, uh, in case we still have online exams, which I hope I do, which I hope still continues, by the way. But like, uh, I'm sure pe- people are going to uh, make much use of this. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, Ajay, you wanted to ask something. yeah so um so like yeah uh, chanakya you talked about your app digi notes right so i just wanted to know like how that uh, you know the underlined text was being taken uh yeah so let's say you uploaded a photo of uh, a page where certain lines are underlined by you and so uh, whenever we are dealing with let's say image processing we and particularly with the page where we have to detect certain boxes or let's say certain lines it's always good to deal with the, the coordinates of those particular lines because a, a a page has dimensions right let's say there are 1000 rows and 1000 columns which the computer can recognize so it's very important for you to know that which coordinates at which coordinates the lines are starting to get underlined and at which coordinate the lines are finished underlined so that's what uh, the model the algo does it will it uses opencv and certain methods uh, which 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 is not in the scope of which we can't talk about right now that will <laughs> stretch a lot so yeah that's basically how it works it detects the coordinates of the lines and then uh, it it uh, selects the region of interest and pass it to the ocr right right wow, that's wow. yeah that's that, yeah, it, it shows that you know you act Maybe copied a lot of code from Stack Overflow. Good job, man. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll I'll go on and talk about uh, my project now. Something which I built. Uh, so I remember back when you know we were in college. This was in second semester. Uh, obviously, when you're at college, uh, we the entire like our meals. Most of the meals were in food messes, obviously. And so I noticed this uh, thing, you know, which our food messes of uh, the mess staff started doing what they started doing was that they put up a board every day which listed the amount of food waste which was uh, you know there on a given day they had some sort of scaling parameter which i don't know how they thought about it but might be accurate so what they did was say for example on uh, any given day of the week on the board they had written that okay today the wastage is 200 kgs and this could feed like 30 people so that was basically for us to make us realize that okay stop wasting food and like you know you could you're potentially like harming other people's lives in terms of not you know maybe this food could have uh, been like if given to someone else they would have fully eaten it or whatever so point is i kind of thought to make uh, this utilize this data and somehow apply some sort of machine learning technology so i actually went up to the mess admin and you know asked them if they have some sort of data available then about the procurement of food amount of food they cook and the what is the daily wastage like and he just handed over to me a very rough and dirty notebook uh, which now of course to you know work on ml models you need data in a digitized digitized format and that was not there so anyway that didn't stop me i created synthetic data with parameters of my own 
and long story short i ended up building a model which would actually predict the ideal amount of food to be cooked on a given day based on you know the historical data so that would include the footfall uh, in the mess on the particular day basically the number of people who had eaten food on that day uh, you know there was another parameter i introduced called mess rating which would rate the mess then also a menu rate so for example you know if you have dosa on a particular day you expect more people to come and on a day when you have some weird sabji uh, you expect people to just go to ground floor akka and get a packet of cup noodles so <laughs> so basically yeah so i ended up building this model and uh, yeah so this was one uh, one project you know which uh, i've i'm still i'm i was working on and now i'm trying to revamp it so yeah this was something i worked on so any of you guys want to talk about any other project you built yeah yuvraj that that's quite a noble cause which you worked for and it's really a commendable job so Excellent. i recently worked on a project called vetty which uses an image processing solution to find slots from timetables this was right. primarily because of the reason that we have our classes online and you, you know since we tend to sleep late at night and what happens is we are really sleepy in the morning and we tend to miss classes and what specifically happens is i usually miss those atm classes right because since no one's there to wake me up at 8 and say oh you have a class go and attend your classes so due to this reason and this cause i recently worked on this project called vetty which right. finds slots and reminds you for classes so uh, i primarily developed uh, the backend and uh, as well as the machine learning model and what it does is it basically pings you for an upcoming class on the app and reminds you so that you never miss any of those classes along with the time slot uh this slot name this slot code as well as uh where the slot is so in case even if it happens offline so let's say hopefully we go to the campus uh, in about 6 months so it will also return you this uh, class number so that you never miss classes on on campus as well mm-hmm. so this is one of the projects i recently worked which ha- had a real life use case that's that's really impressive man and I'm sure more, more than half of our college is definitely going to make use of this. So one thing I want to know that how did you ended up, you know, like so you're telling me you if I'm just correct me if I'm wrong. So like you're scanning the timetable, and so how is how just uh, explain to me how that process is working. How are you like getting the data out of the timetable? Yeah, yeah. So what? Uh, so if you've seen VIT's timetable, uh, it is a table, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm asking the user is to input the screenshot of the timetable, and right. your sl- screenshot has two kinds of uh, slots: those yellow slots which are empty, and those uh, green slots which in which you have the class. Correct. So what I'm doing is I'm taking an image and I'm mm-hmm. drawing grids on it, and okay. I'm segregating those in boxes. So I detect if the background of the box is green or not. If it is green, then mm-hmm. uh, I tend to uh, convert it into a grayscale image because grayscale gives uh, the best results right. and what i'm doing is i'm passing that text through an ocr and it is returning me the uh, text which i can copy and then i format it and return it to the backend uh, properly formatted to the app and the app sends a notification to you whenever the time is good good uh, great man that's great and you know we've been talking about our projects uh, for a bit now and uh, that actually leads to our next point of discussion as well uh, because personally you know what i believe is uh, ml skills aside in order to actually you know so there's a huge difference between um, making your ml model in a jupyter notebook and actually making an app out of your ml model okay so i mean because like for example you know if you build say i'll take a very simple example say you want to predict the price of a car so we'll have you know multiple parameters like say the brand the mileage it offers uh, if it's if it uh, you know if it's an electric car uses petrol diesel etc etc now you can do all the pre processing the training uh, validation everything on a jupyter notebook but ultimately for example if you want to show it to someone 
you i mean i think you can't just show the jupiter notebook to the people right you it's obviously much it will be much more better if you could make a website of sorts maybe you know put up a form so that users can actually interact with your model and so what our next point of discussion is basically you know what other tech stacks one should you know pick up to complement your ml skills and take your you know developer journey to the next level so some of the frameworks which i personally use and i would recommend is i'll i would firstly like to mention fast api is basically a, a python framework and it's very easy to learn and as the name suggests uh, it's fast and it's used to build apis so it's as easy as that and so basically what you can do is you know convert your ml models into an api so that you can integrate it to any sort of front end whatever app and uh, you know present some sort of front end to the user and so that they can actually interact uh, with your back end and i wanted to know uh, some of your views from you guys as well if you agree or you have some other framework to recommend maybe yeah so another thing that one can explore is tf lite so tf lite is basically a lightweight solution that you know one can use to deploy ml models on low end devices and and like on devices which have to be which have to run those ml models offline and yeah it can not only in fact run on mobile phones it can even run on devices like a raspberry pi or a small iot device right, right. and 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 it's very useful in applications where you know there is no constant uh, internet connection and it, it makes it like you know lowers like normally in uh, tensorflow when you make one model the models okay. are comparatively big and it's you know difficult to run on systems without proper gpu so mm-hmm. what aflight does is it reduces the size of the uh, model so that it's as the name suggests it makes it lighter so that it can run on low end devices also right um yep that's a very good point that you just made how you how you can uh, deploy your ml models to serve on edge uh, one other thing which i would also like to talk about is the importance of notebooks like uh, whenever you are getting started with your journey let's say for the first 6 months or 1 year your aim should not be directly building or let's say a cool website or a, an app which can bas- which can uh, use the power of ml your basic aim should be uh, to get, to clear your concepts and that can only be done when you use uh, notebooks like jupyter notebooks or collab because the thing is right. these notebooks acts as a playground where you you can experiment with certain things like if you mm-hmm. whether you want to dip, use let's say xgb boost or whether you want to use uh, logistic regression i mean because these things can't be done on edge right you need before deploying you you have to be sure that okay this model will be working the best and this will not so uh, never i- ignore the importance of notebooks because even in industry in, even at industries where, when they have to deploy a model they usually make use of uh, notebooks which are available on local machine let's say jupiter or on cloud let's or or, or on cloud uh, for example uh, aws sagemaker or collab so uh, ne- right, right. my point of advice would be to never miss the importance of notebooks okay definitely chanakya i do agree with this point even till late uh, when i am working with projects first i try out uh, and test everything using a notebook notebooks are irreplaceable but uh, since we were talking about other frameworks as well so what i feel is another framework that one should know for deploying models after you've done with everything is flask so flask is written in python and it is a micro web framework for serving a front end as well as a creating rest apis out of uh, your model so that you can basically serve uh, an overall package to the user properly formatted and it becomes really easy to use uh, if for a person who doesn't know coding or someone uh, who who is not into uh, using those technologies uh, and has to uh, is basically more for yeah getting 
Yeah, definitely. I think, I think Flask is one of the first frameworks I think people should actually start building. You know, even for like uh, web development as well, Flask, even though it's a micro framework, but it actually does a great job at handling, you know, building, especially machine learning models because there's, uh, it's, there's not a lot of complex uh, user features you're providing. It's just that you want your users to interact with your model and Flask does a really great job at doing just that. And, you know, uh, I was just I was just uh, wondering what 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 Chanakya had said and he's put it very rightly. Uh, you know the notebook is like a playground for you, and definitely you can't completely ignore them. And like it has notebooks have obviously some sort of importance associated with them, and so all the uh, notebooks uh, basically the model building and everything is obviously done in the notebook itself. And once you are ready with your model, so it's really advised if you could, you know, go one step ahead and build a full application out of it. That would really like give you a confidence boost as well. And also, you know, if you, you're you're able to share your projects with the people, and that it really feels great, you know, because obviously, like I mentioned before, you if you like just go and show your notebook to just say any any other person uh, who has who has no experience with ML or doesn't do ML development, uh, they might not, maybe they, they'll get the idea of it, but they might not be like, they might not get the intuition of its application per se. And so that is why we recommend uh, to learn other tech stacks along with your ML skills as well. And, uh, you know, we've been talking about a lot of ML and how we have, used ML and our journeys and whatsoever. But one thing which we have, I think, not talked a little about is some of the roadblocks which we have faced, you know, some of our uh, uh, basically big L's we have received. And uh, because I personally believe ML has the longest learning curve in all the tech stacks. And, you know, at multiple times you face like giving up, you, you want to give up and... Uh, it's it's really it's really overwhelming at times because even if you try to understand the underlying concepts, you don't grasp them at at first uh, go in it obviously because like there are complex mathematical concepts involved behind the simplest of algorithms as well, and so that can get overwhelming at times. So what I want the next question, which uh, you know I want to take up, is basically how did you guys uh, handle these challenges and what did you do to overcome? Uh, you know these situations. So, any one of you can like start with this. Yep. So, as you had said that uh, we face roadblocks every like it. The ML journey is not complete uh, without uh, facing roadblocks in the journey. Uh, one thing is right. that what I believe is uh, the the learning curve for ML is. Uh, much much more than uh, let's say for as compared to other technologies i'm not saying that the other technologies are very easy to learn but if we compare the learning curve like the amount of time to be spent learning a particular concept uh, that is uh, much more and i think you would uh, you guys would also agree with me on that and uh, yeah definitely yeah and another thing which and to be honest one thing which we face is imposter syndrome and i still face that every day or because there are different things that can give you imposter syndrome, right? One is, let's say we go on LinkedIn and see some researcher making a, publishing a research paper or let's say making a cool project, which... Yeah, that's the number one rule. You don't go on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, definitely agree. Yeah. You should never go on LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, so when, and let's say if we go to Kaggle and see, okay, this researcher had made this notebook, which involves very... Uh, difficult concept that you won't grasp it. Uh, the first mm -hmm. thing is you should you should basically expose yourself to those po those notebooks or let's say projects, because right. we also need to understand that those researchers or let's say those people who are, who have achieved a certain level by spending a lot of time doing these things. Let's let's take the example of uh, a person who has done MS or PhD. Uh, he or she must have spent at least 10 years exploring this field and it's right. it's quite obvious that the things which they can do a person who is just getting started or let's say have spent two years won't be able to do that uh, so 
that's the thing with ml you have to you have to keep on learning from others and not get intimidated by their projects or notebooks because we have to respect the fact that they have put up that much effort as well as time to learn those concepts and you should be happy that you are able to get access to those concepts like what they have researched or what pro what code they have used so it's always good to have a mindset of learning and not having a mindset of competing with others yeah definitely i completely agree and like as you mentioned you know the the ml community is first of all huge and they're very helpful people and almost anything uh, you know any sort of roadblock you face or any issue or any uh, problem i mean you are just one search google search away and because on 99.9% of the times if you like search for any issue or problem or any conceptual clarity you want to gain or you're definitely going to find some or the other resource which will help you uh, overcome you know those challenges and you know as chanakya said or you just need to keep a mind you need you need to keep in mindset of you know like learning you just need to be eager to learn and that is going to get get you through of course at times things will they're bound to get overwhelming because you know as we mentioned ml is not the one of the it's not definitely not the easiest uh, skill or tech domain to pick up but uh, what will keep you going trust me this work for me is the sheer amount of application this field has and you know if you're passionate about the field uh, you will try your level best of course to overcome these challenges and uh, as i mentioned there there a lot of resources which will also help you and uh, we'll also talk about those uh, resources to kick start a journey in a bit and uh, so yeah i want to uh, talk to maybe vishesh and yajat you guys also uh, if you could share views on the roadblocks you faced and how did you uh, yeah yeah to overcome yeah. yeah yeah so imposter syndrome is one of the biggest challenges i faced till date there was a time uh, where i didn't know what basic machine learning techniques were and i didn't know what was going under the black box like we just right. mentioned before so <laughs> i didn't yeah. know what was the difference between linear regression and logistic regression yeah that happened to the best of us yeah 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 so i didn't know what was going on and i felt like i didn't know anything at all since ml is not a development intensive field but more of a research intensive field so you need to grasp your concept and make those strong first before you can actually start developing real life applications or even uh, make a breakthrough in this field people with phd's like you just mentioned take about 15 to 20 years and have de dedicated their lives to the field to be where they are today and this is primarily due to the steepest learning this field has so what uh, my personal experience has been to overcome this imposter syndrome is when i feel a uh, intimidated by something what i do is i tend to expose myself to it so let's say i didn't know what linear regression and logistic regression were i went to google and since you know google has answers for about every single thing in this world so i went right from what their basic definitions were to how they were working the mathematics and what behind them and that's how i overcame that and trust me you should know the theory before you actually apply it and i uh, set a stronghold on my theory before i actually put those things to use and that's how i've overcome my uh, imposter syndrome and all the roadblocks i faced till date yeah i i i completely agree with you and i think we've also talked a little about this earlier as well you know getting started is really easy but like maintaining your learning curve and you know actually keeping up to date with the newest frameworks or you know uh, tech in ml is the real challenge and you can easily you know build this these projects like this startup project which most people uh start with is the i think the house prediction a project where you know you need to predict the cost of the house based on the location plot size and other parameters and you can just you know follow along with the code and implement it and you will be happy but like as vishesh uh, said if you're not actually understanding okay how uh, you know if we write say model dot fit so what is happening behind the scenes if you're not actually understanding that uh, then uh, you know it's going to get really tricky and dangerous for you 
down the line because understanding these concepts are really crucial in order to get a complete uh, conceptual clarity of what's happening behind the scenes and uh, yeah that's so that's really important yeah, i would also like to add something so you know one of my roadblocks was the amount of theory in ml so you know like the andrew ng course like he has a very very sweet voice right so like usually after watching his course for like hours and hours you will get into the yeah yeah yeah, yeah it happens with everyone yeah yeah so what i found was to like you know not only do theory but also apply that theory in ml notebooks so what i did was right. i went to archival and started with some basic data sets and started making some models over there and whenever i got stuck over there i referred to other people's notebooks and i learned a lot from them too right yeah i think that's yeah. a great uh, like method to go about it go about you know getting overcoming your roadblocks and uh, kaggle uh, as you mentioned you know it's, it's a great resource and uh, i mean we'll i think kaggle is one of the first few resources which uh, you know everyone is recommended to get started with and it's this uh, great repository of data sets and notebooks and i'm sure uh, chanakyan who is actually a kaggle notebooks master can tell us a little more about uh, kaggle and what are some of the resources uh, we can recommend our viewers who want to kick start their journey in ml yep sure uh, so kaggle is a platform uh, as you fresh mentioned that there are a lot of data sets and notebooks available uh, where you can learn and apply your uh, ml concepts so uh, one thing with kaggle is that a lot of people go- get intimidated that okay the code is tough or let's say this person has this particular rank he is among the top 200 or among the top top 300 so uh, the one thing your sole motive of doing kaggle should be to learn at the end of the day because the amount of learning which you can get by going through other people's notebook will you won't get that by going through different courses because courses Definitely. courses just teach you let's say okay linear regression works like this uh logistic regression works like this and this is how you fit it and this is how you apply the code but the thing is that there this is the model dot fit is not the only thing which happens in ml you need to know how to pre process that data um you know you need to know how to evaluate your model so those things can be learned quite well through kaggle and just to share some resources with the viewer like the basic data sets there are pretty awesome data sets out there like uh, titanic data set to get started with Uh, as well as the right. house prediction one which you i think you had also mentioned earlier and mm-hmm. uh, uh, in order to learn for example uh, oversampling or undersampling there are method there are data sets for uh, credit card credit card fraud prediction etcetera etcetera and uh, i have wrote a blog which which can help you to kick start your journey and the link has been shared in the chats to do go through it yeah uh, definitely go check that out and uh, you know so apart from of course uh, kaggle i would definitely recommend as you guys already mentioned uh, the andrew course so he is kind of i think regarded as one of the pioneers of uh, developing ml courses and almost everyone who gets into this field ends up watching some of the other video from him and uh, so what i recommend is that uh, obviously you can't go through the entirety of his course in one go definitely that's not going to happen unless you're superhuman or something uh because uh, first of all i mean even though this might sound silly that you know you might uh, fall asleep because his voice is like angelic and it's very sweet actually but the thing is that uh, it's very uh, theory heavy and you know as a beginner you like to see results in front of you and you like to you know implement projects which can show people so uh, basically a good mixture of projects and theory is what i would recommend so for example if you are implementing a regress regress regression model where you want to predict a continuous variable say for example you want to uh, predict as you mentioned you know the 
house, uh, the price of a house. So you want to utilize algorithms such as linear regression. Now, first, I would recommend that go and first understand how is linear regression working. You know, so Andrew, uh, you just search up one of his videos or even like in, if the course you've taken, you learn about the algorithm, how it's working, go through the math. Then actually, you know, uh, go on with the coded implementation and trust me that is really going to uh, help you and in fact also give you a confidence boost because you are actually going to understand okay what is actually happening and uh, you know as we mentioned multiple times during the podcast you will actually stop believing that ML is some sort of black box magic and it's really some amazing sets of mathematical applications and so yeah that is uh, some of the recommendations from my side and whatever like i have experienced also, my yeah go yeah, yeah also adding to you guys uh what i feel is before even jumping to making models you need to know what what do you have to do with your data exactly many a times you're not served the data properly you have to clean it then you have to understand so the data visualization is quite important and to our viewers uh tuned in we are uh, Kaggle has a really good data set called the FIFA data set. So you can uh, do exploratory data analysis or what we call as EDA on it to right. understand how uh, how data is being visualized and what do you exactly have to do with the data to mm-hmm. uh, to make predictions from model. And what from my personal experience, I feel you should really know about your data before you can jump to making models. Right. All right. Uh, I think those are some great points uh, mentioned by uh, all you guys, and I hope that the users tuned in gained uh, some sort of insight and uh, learn from maybe our mistakes or whatever you know we are suggesting. These are all from personal experiences or whatever we have experienced. You know, we are still students and learning, uh, still learning, and uh, I hope you know these. Uh, Experiences we've shared with you and help you uh, during your journey. Uh, moving on, uh, I would like to you know talk about some of the future applications of machine learning and what, according to you, are some of the emerging tech which utilizes ML. So, if anyone, if you could like maybe discuss about. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, conversation. No, no. Yeah, just continue. Yeah, yeah, okay. And so um, I feel like, you know, a lot of good stuff can happen with ML. Like we know, like nowadays we see ML integrated everywhere. So, but right. what I think one of the most important thing that we have as a humanity have to focus mm-hmm. is making AI responsible. You know, right. one, one way to visualize is our sci-fi movies. If you don't make it responsible, it might end up with AI overtaking us. So, mm-hmm. but like, I don't mean it that way. What I mean is making it responsible by removing bias from the models. Like sometimes what happens is in a model trained for loan application can, you know, tend to be biased towards a certain group of people because of the historical data. And and then, you know, in terms of computational photography, sometimes, uh, like these days, uh, many people are facing this issue key. Uh, you know, the photographs of people of color is not, you know, being taken properly by the camera. So, yeah. you know, like we have to work on these things and make AI more responsible and fair. Yeah, I think this was even discussed in one of Google's recent events as well, right? If I'm not wrong. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, they, they, over there, they talked about how, you know, they have started collecting more uh, data of people of color so that, you know, uh, their computational photography becomes even better and, uh, you know, people of color are represented correctly in their pictures. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I think uh, one, uh, say, field of machine learning which I would like to talk about is TinyML. So TinyML is basically, it's a, first of all, it's a fast growing field right now and its applications basically include, including uh, applying machine learning algorithms and softwares on 
extremely low power devices and small sensors basically it's i think it's a, a mixture of iot and ml if i may say and i believe one of the great applications of this if i will give you an example was that uh, some students i believe what they did was they set up these sensors in a forest in some i guess and uh, what those sensors those sensors had an uh i think arduino chip on it which had an inbuilt machine learning model which using the uh, you know the parameters which it recorded from the atmosphere uh, throughout you know the day it actually made predictions uh, whether the forest is going to catch a fire so basically it made predictions on forest fires in that particular location based of uh, you know whatever data it's collected and i believe tinyml has a huge future and uh, you know it has great applications because uh, iot is of, of course it's in itself has great applications and we is uh, you know small sensors and devices being used uh, to help impact society so yeah uh, this was this is something i believe which is uh, going to be some of the future and interesting applications of machine learning um yeah adding on to uh, yajit's point uh like let's say uh, as yajit had mentioned that uh, we had to we have to practice responsible ai one one example which i can share with you guys is in the medical uh, in the medical field so let's say you have collected uh, the data of uh, patients and you want to predict whether uh the patient will have diabetes or not or let's say uh, whether the image of the lungs can uh, suggest cancer or not so in that those cases mm-hmm. uh, i have seen a lot of cases where a patient just sign up for the form and and they are not really sure what's exactly in that form because uh, it might be the case where you are permitting the hospital to use your data in any future research purposes so you have to take care of that as well because see without data ai is not like 50% or 60% of the ai models won't work where you where there is a lack of data and all those cases Definitely. Yeah. yeah so that's so i completely agree to the point that we have to practice responsible ai and the user should not compromise with their with their privacy for the sake of uh, ai or ml yeah uh, those are definitely some great points you mentioned And, yeah, yeah. Adding uh, on to it, yeah, go on, Vishesh. Sorry, uh, adding uh, on to it, I wanted to add like AI has been used uh quite a lot in the biotech field. Right. So, uh, it has been used in quite life-saving operations, uh, and maybe in the near future, simple operations are performed by. machine learning itself so using machine learning so using uh, artificial intelligence and in addition to this uh, we have seen quite a few examples in the recent past that machine learning has saved uh, lives of individuals a typical example of that is apple watch so if you remember it was quite recently in the news that a per- person was about to suffer from a heart attack and the yeah apple watch not if Yeah. Yeah. Notified. Yeah. The heart rate. I think dropping something like that. Heart right? rate dropping, and they co- uh, it called an ambulance as well as notified the family members, and that's yeah. how it life was saved in the golden hour. So yeah, yeah ML ha- has some life saving opportunities in the near future. Right. Uh, definitely. Uh, all right. We are uh, almost uh, coming to an end of this uh, episode, and uh, we were now actually. like to share some resources with you guys which would definitely help you kick start your journey in machine learning and so we'll put it up in the youtube live chat and if you guys again you know want to pitch in some resources which you found helpful to you i think we've already mentioned kaggle and some of the courses but like if you have something in mind as well uh, you could quickly share it yeah i would like to add one thing uh 
you know, people, uh, the view, I would suggest the viewers to check out blogging sites like Towards Data Science and Analytics where they are too. It has like some great, you know, articles about various things in ML. And whenever yep. you get stuck in, uh, on anything in ML and or don't understand something, you can always just go to their site and you will find something or the other related to it. Yep. All right. Uh, any other recommendations or I think we can uh, we'll move on to the Q&A session now. So if you guys have any questions from each one of us, you could just put it up in the chat and we'll try to answer it to the best of our uh, knowledge and capabilities. Yeah. So I think uh, Nikita had uh, asked one question before, uh, like towards the starting of the ses uh, session. So her uh, yep. question was, uh, while doing the Andrew LG course, she got bored sometimes just like us, as it was very oh, yeah. th theoretical. And so she wanted to know some tips on how to maintain consistency uh, and any other alternate course courses that are more interesting. So one thing what I would like to suggest is don't get worried about uh, like going through and finishing the Andrew LG course on one go. As Yuvraj had mentioned once that you can't finish it on one go and you have to come come back again and again to revise it. So what I would suggest is pick up some, uh, yep. alter, some uh, let's say, uh, code along courses where they you understand the concept from Andrew's course. Let's say he is teaching linear regression and uh, the, the code along course can teach you how to implement it in Python. So this will basically complement each other and you won't get bored because uh, you will be able to see the results right in front of your screen and coming to the few other courses that are good one i one i would recommend the machine learning a to z a to z course on udemy that's pretty good they have covered a lot of things and uh, you can in order to judge a course you have to do always uh, see the syllabus and uh, who, what's the pop popularity of the instructor who is teaching you. So based on that and do also go, go through the reviews, whether it's beginner friendly or whether it's for advanced level uh, people. So that is all those points yeah. you can go through and I, I, and you can pick up any course which you find good. Yeah, that's definitely some important things you mentioned because a lot of people they just, uh, as you know, you just also mentioned earlier, we just keep holding courses, and uh, you know, people we see okay, it's a free course or like the prices have dropped. We just, uh, you know, enroll in it and never end up actually completing it. And so, basically, whenever you uh, are actually enrolling for a course, make sure that it's actually useful to you, and you actually end up, you know at least like if not 100% at least go through the chunk a uh, major chunk of the course so that you get uh, you know some benefit of course from it and uh, if you if you have any other questions we'll i guess wait for another 2 minutes and uh, Yeah, so while we are waiting for the questions, I would like to like tell about one of my projects. Right. Uh, so it's, it's related to natural language processing. So for okay. those of you who don't know what natural language processing is, it's basically the ability of an ML model to understand and analyze natural language, which is spoken by us humans. So what the project was, it, it was an app called Smart Bookmark. As the name suggests, uh, in this app, you can bookmark websites and save them for later. Now you would think, you know, what's so smart about it, right? Like even your browser can do it. So what the smart part was that there was an NLP model which classified those websites into various different categories like entertainment, news, science and technology, etc. So. That's what, like, it, it uh, we say, classified them and stored them, and then you can later on access it from any of your devices. Right. So, how are you, like, how do you, like, end up uh, classifying these pages? Like, how do you do you parse the web page, or, like, can you explain me how do you do that? 
Right. So what I did was, um, first I got the title of the website using a scraping library in Python called Beautiful Soup. So mm -hmm. after getting that title, I put it in an NLP model, which right. uh, you know did uh, which did some processing and gave me the diff uh, like one of the categories uh, which I mentioned before. Got it. Got it. Got it. That's 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 a great project, man. And good use of NLP, I must say. Amazing project. Uh, yeah. All right, guys. So uh, with that, we come to an end of the sixth episode of uh, After Us. We hope this discussion gave you some great insights, and uh, we hope that you have learned uh, and taken back something. And uh, yeah, so with that, we come to an end, and we'll see you in the next episode of After Us. Good night.